We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Now, from the most powerful city in the world, a new generation of conservative talk. Fair, fresh, fun. It's the Guy Benson Show with Guy Benson. Welcome to the Guy Benson Show, partnering with Christine, Wyatt, and Dan. My name is Harry Hurley. I am very, very pleased to be filling in today for Guy. Guy will be back right after the holiday. Guy Benson offers smart, fast-paced political and cultural insights from the right-leaning perspective. Guy blends major newsmaker guests. We'll show you that at the bottom of the hour, including a steady stream of Fox News all-stars along with passionate and informed monologues. The Guy Benson Show is one of the most relevant nationally syndicated radio talk shows in America. Welcome to The Guy Benson Show. Much to do this hour. Let's get right to it. Probably no more important place to begin than what what is the White House going to do? What are they going to say when news comes out? And, and I urge you to uh, take a look at the uh, extremely important coverage about this significant issue at foxnews.com. It's titled White House Turned Down Plan in October to Boost COVID Testing. So Fox News is reporting that there was a plan by top industry experts – We'll tell you about them in a second. Who knew in October that let's let's see, ladies and gentlemen, we're almost all laypersons, although I know there are nurses, there are doctors and there are clinicians and there are folks in the industry that are not laypeople. But most of us are laypersons. And here's what we know after almost two years of the COVID-19 pandemic. The worst waves come in the winter for a lot of reasons. And I don't think it's just that people are inside because look, we've had people arm to arm, a hundred thousand people plus in one college football stadium. It was not a super spreader event. And of course we've had the Omicron variant from South Africa. And one, I think hopeful sign. And a little later in the program in this hour, we will visit with Fox news medical expert Dr. Manny Alvarez, and we're going to ask him about a few of these things that are starting to percolate at a a pretty fever pitch. For example, how do you make almost everything about this, about testing, and then you don't do your job and get the tests? See, now, if you want to have an intellectually honest debate and say, hey, let's not test like crazy, Look what the NFL is doing. Look what some of these other organizations are doing. They're basically saying, if you're not sick, then don't test. That's basically what the NFL has done. Otherwise, they're going to get wiped out. When we were with you last week on Guy's show, we talked about the Eagles in the Washington game. Washington had something like 21 players on the COVID-19 protocol list. They were demolished. They were wiped out. Their starting quarterback, backup quarterback, all kinds of key players. 
position players, offense, defense, all over the place, special teams. They were just getting absolutely ravaged. And in many cases, the the predominant variant now is Omicron. Remember, it wasn't that long ago. It was 0.1, of 1% of cases until it wasn't. Then it was 3%. Then it went absolutely bananas. And before you blinked, it went to about 75% of all cases. And now, of course, it's beyond that. What did we learn, though? South Africa, Ms. Coetzee told us that it's more transmissible, but it's less severe. And I've listened to Guy talking to you all about this. He's in the camp, and I'm in the camp of Dr. Marty McCary. You treat this seriously. We're vaccinated. I don't speak for Guy, but I know, I, I know what he did. He knows what I did. You can be responsible about this and also understand that you can't destroy the country at the same time. So you see a lot of the Democrat leaders that raced to do draconian things, lockdowns and all kinds of crazy things. You don't hear them. My governor actually left the country during this latest wave. And he's not shutting anything down or doing distancing and all the things that made one third of New Jersey businesses close forever. You can't, we can't we can never go back to that again, but we have to respect it. Dan is my witness. Dan and I, we were doing some show prep, and I was on a phone call with someone who's in a hospital right now, and their oxygen level went down to 80%. And with oxygen, they're back up to 94%. They have pneumonia. I'm not sure if it's double pneumonia, but they have pneumonia, and the individual is unvaccinated. And I know Dan heard it. The person is scared because he could hear my conversation. And I was comforting my friend and telling him he's in, in the place he needs to be with people that know exactly what he needs and that this isn't March of 2020 and that there are all kinds of therapies now and, and, and ways that they can come at this. They come at it with not just a pack, but with even stronger antibiotics and with sometimes a strong steroid. And sometimes if it's Delta, maybe the monoclonal antibodies if you're fortunate enough to be able to get them, because they've been rationed. Hospitals get only so many, and some of the other treatments that they now have. And this individual said on a few occasions, right before airtime, I'm scared. And you could hear it. You could hear it in his voice. And I've had too many of those conversations since March of last year, and I will tell you, I'm not trying to shuckster and huckster for the vaccine, but all I will tell you is I haven't spoken to one person yet that's gotten to the point where they were so scared that they didn't know which way it was going to go. Was it going to go in their favor and they would recover, or was it not going to go in their favor and they would founder and they would not recover? Because you get down to 80%. You're a whisper. I'm a nurse dad, and, and I hang around a lot of doctors. You get down to 80 percentile, it's next stop if you don't watch it, and you're not getting absolutely everything that you need thrown at it. It's next stop intubation, next stop after that, ventilator. 60 to 70 percent 
of all people who go on a ventilator during COVID-19 pandemic never come off. You don't want to go there. You don't want to be that person. And I will tell you that this individual said to me that when they recover, and then, of course, you have natural immunity now for a period of time. You have the the antibodies because of defeating COVID-19. And don't even get me started on long COVID because that exists. It's real for those who say that it's a hoax. It's not. And you can respect it. You can be smart about it. You can do the right things. And you can also be for America being open. We have to stay open. A little later in the program this hour, we're going to talk about the kids at school. Last time I was with you, Christine and I had a conversation on air. And she, she, I'm not talking out of school. I don't ever do that. But she told the Guy Benson Show audience that her child's school had gone back at least at that point in time to virtual learning. More and more schools around the country are doing that. I'm going to argue against that a little bit later in the program because there is a lost social emotional component that, think about it, children they need they need their friends they need that stimulation they need that camaraderie they need to be together you're not going to get it simulated through zoom or teams or facetime it's just not the same it's better than a phone call but it is not the same as the contact of being together and recreating or learning in in a classroom environment and so we're going to talk a little bit about that a little later this hour. But to get back to the theme of, and I believe the Fox News report, how do you turn down a proposal in October that would have added 730 million at-home COVID tests? How do you do that? Now, the president was really flat-footed about it and kind of admitted that you know, they they basically admitted they didn't do their job. But you know that a, a wave is coming. Even though everything from infections to deaths were down, there's never been a coronavirus in the history of the world to be cured. So it's always going to be there. And we will. I am so confident in saying this on Guy's program. We will go from pandemic to endemic. I just can't tell you what the date is. It'll happen. It happened in 1918 into 1920-ish, and we had the Roaring Twenties. I'm a believer we'll have the Roaring Twenties again. I just can't tell you when it will start. Several of the Fox News medical experts that we've interviewed all agree that more people are going to get infected because this Omicron variant is tremendously more transmissible. My daughter told me last night that, and she's a professional at this, it's like nine to one right now. That's a ratio is stunning when you compare it to alpha or delta. And we thought it was highly contagious then. There have been reports that say that in the next couple of months, 60%, 60, 
60% of America will be infected. So what happens at that point? Well, we know this much. I still believe that there's only been one death, the gentleman in Texas that had several comorbidities, and that if you're vaccinated, you I heard Dr. Macari basically say, and you don't hear people say this, I saw him say it last night on the Fox News channel, he said, if you're vaccinated, it's 100%. Now, I think it's really 9985 but that's about as close to 100% as you can get. And if that doesn't incentivize people to perhaps take a fresh look, maybe you need to have the conversation I had at about 10 of 3, quarter of 3 until about 10 of 3 today. And it, it is sobering. And you hear someone out of breath who you know that's hurting and scared and unvaccinated. It's something to think about. Something very important to ponder. So let me give credit where credit's due. A plan by top industry experts, and again, you can follow along at foxnews.com. The industry experts from Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health, the COVID Collaborative, the Rockefeller Foundation, and other organizations. So these are smart people. They wanted to ramp up the manufacturing capabilities to prevent what any layperson, a child, with, and with apologies to, to a child for making it seem like that's a slight, but a child would say, hey, you know, we're going to have a lot more COVID come the winter. We, we should plan for that, right? Isn't that what you do when you know that something is coming? Don't you plan for it? Recently on the Guy Benson show, I made the comment that if President Trump had not been president, we would not have a vaccine right now. And I don't know what this country would look like. When you look at over 200 million out of 330 million people in this country are vaccinated, I don't know what the the country would look like without it. Much more on this uh, right after the break. You're listening to the Guy Benson show. The Guy Benson Show. More next. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. I'm Harry Hurley filling in today for Guy, who will be back right after the holiday. A very important but quick comment on schools. And again, a great homework assignment, foxnews.com. There's a great item, health expert, schools, closures, shouldn't even be on the table despite Omicron. Could not agree more with that. And Mike Emanuel hosting Fox News Sunday had the Brown University School of Public Health dean on who said this really shouldn't even be on the table. I'm disappointed to see this is happening. 
that we have the schools, we have the tools, and that the schools need to remain open. Schools should be, quote, absolutely the last place to close and the first place to open. So important. And what I talked about earlier, referring to the educational, emotional, social, and mental health benefits of in-person learning. And so I said it earlier, that is a credentialed dean telling you the same thing. Back to a White House that is feckless, if you're being honest, and take the politics out of it. They have made a mess of so many things. They didn't do their job. They made everything about testing, and they didn't do their job getting tests. Here is Lord Fauci on that topic. Dan, cut two. Obviously, testing, John, is going to be very important that we get a greater capability of testing, particularly when the demand for testing is so high or the combination of the Omicron variant itself, as well as the holiday season where people want to get that extra level of assuredness that they're protected, even if you are vaccinated and boosted. One of the problems is that that's not going to be totally available to everyone until we get to January. And there are still some issues now of people having trouble getting tested. But we're addressing the testing problem and that very soon that that will be corrected. Wow. Some people like it's like it's not even really a problem, just dusting it off like it's nothing. Media credit uh, Jonathan Carl ABC interview with Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, this past weekend. The um, I can tell you right now and I get the calls. People are out in the cold. They're in long lines waiting to get tested because we are so short. You tell everybody how important testing is and then you don't do your job in getting the tests. More from Dr. Fauci, Dan Cut 20. Do you agree with that, that that, that there shouldn't be a vaccine requirement for domestic air travel? Well, it depends on what you want to use it for. I mean, vaccine requirements for people coming in from other countries is to prevent newly infected people from getting into the country. A vaccine requirement for a person getting on the plane is just another level of getting people to have a mechanism that would spur them to get vaccinated. Namely, you can't get on a plane unless you're vaccinated, which is just another one of the ways of getting requirements, whatever that might be. So, I mean, anything that could get um, people more vaccinated would be welcome. But with regard to the spread of virus in the country, I mean, I think if you look at wearing a mask and the filtration on on planes, things are reasonably safe. We want to make sure people keep their masks on. I think the idea of taking masks off, in my mind, is is really not something we should even be considering. But that's what we meant by it depends on what the goal of getting people vaccinated before they get on a domestic flight. John Carl got him there. There's a lot to unpack there. That was really Good reporting the way that it used to be. Much more and right after the break, the great Dr. Manny Alvarez on The Guy Benson Show. Stay with us. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to a new generation of talk. Guy Benson. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show with Christine, Wyatt, and Dan. I'm Harry Hurley filling in today for Guy Benson, who will be back right after the holiday season. We have standing by on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline, Dr. Manny Alvarez, Fox News contributor extraordinaire, senior health analyst, and he has been a very significant voice during the past almost two years, now hard to believe, of the pandemic, the COVID-19 pandemic. Dr. Manny Alvarez, welcome to the Guy Benson Show, sir. Hey, good afternoon. Good to be with you. Uh, Just spoke a little bit about this, but saved it for you, Dr. Manny. The White House appears, this is Fox News credible reporting, the White House appears to have turned down a plan in October to boost the number of COVID-19 test kits at home for the American people. There could have been another 730 million. They made everything about testing. And I, I just think it's such a failure of leadership. How do you make everything about testing and then turn down this expert panel's advice back in October? Hey, you know, the winter is when this usually I mean, Dr. Manny, lay people know that these waves happen the worst in the winter. I just this almost seems like they went to sleep during a deadly pandemic. You know, this whole COVID epidemic, especially in the winters, you know, I'm here in the New York tri-state area. So this is the epicenter of positivity and it continues to be, you know, if you go with a narrative that you want everybody tested, then 100 percent, the Biden administration just fumbled the ball and beyond comprehension and they just don't have enough tests. Right now, I can get, uh, you know, some some of my medical staff tested, uh, uh, patients uh, can get tested, and they created a narrative that everybody should be tested, yes. which, which also is, is a complicated narrative, because if you're asymptomatic, you know, and you're healthy, and you took the COVID vaccine, and there's nothing going on with you, you don't have to worry about being tested unless you're going to be around people that you know could be potentially um, sick, you know, like your parents or your your grandma or people with with immune compromised systems. But they made it. They made the narrative to be t- everybody should be tested uh, for unknown reasons to me that now you don't have enough tests and this is the chaos that the biden administration has going on you know if you compare the narrative when the trump administration uh came out with the strong you know uh, public force of getting the vaccines made thank god for that it's it's a huge difference between the mandate that they did in manufacturing vaccines. And now, a year or two years later, you have the Biden administration saying, okay, everybody gets tested and there's no test. That is a failure. 
Couldn't agree more, Dr. Manny. I wouldn't criticize them. If they took the position that you only test if you don't feel well, they weren't doing it everywhere, you see what the professional sports teams are doing now. They're changing all their protocols or they don't even have a league because there would be so many what used to be called breakthrough cases where people would feel fine, but they take the test and now they're in the COVID-19 protocols. So they are the ones that made it all about testing and then they turn down the opportunity to provide what people need. There are people, as you know, they're out in the cold because they're, it's in their head. I got to get tested. I got to get tested. And some of them are sick and out in the winter cold waiting in lines to, to finally get tested because there's such a shortage of, of these test kits. I, I think it is it is abominable that they would make this theme prevalent and then blow it the way that they did. Here's another area where I think finally the truth is catching up with the agenda of before. And that's Dr. Manny Alvarez, children going to school in the classroom. I've heard you speak on this topic. I was pleased to hear the president say that, well, the children in the classroom, they're safe there as anywhere else. Because you know the knee-jerk reaction is virtual learning. And you know, as a doctor, the loss of the social-emotional element that you cannot replicate with a virtual computer screen. Your thoughts about that issue? Listen, the, the current epidemic is about a positive uh, COVID test. The current epidemic is not about people being in the hospital, okay? If you look at the healthcare systems all throughout the United States, perhaps with the exception of smaller hospitals in, in some pocket areas of the United States, we don't have a COVID epidemic of patients in the hospital. We have a COVID epidemic of people with positive tests. And we know perfectly well that schools are incredibly safe and children, you know, for the most part, uh, especially with this Omicron, are not going to get, uh, you know, very sick except for mild or moderate symptoms. So we have to pay attention to what's going on. Uh, you know, th th this thing has to end and this thing has to be targeted, you know, target the symptoms, target the areas of health care that are putting people at risk, but do not target the United States anymore. This has to stop. Dr. Manny Alvarez on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline. South Africa, it, it, it raged through a lot of positive cases, very few deaths. And, of course, it got here to America. It started out like nothing, 0.1 of all cases. Then all of a sudden it's 3%. Then it's going crazy, and it's 75% of all cases. And now it's much more than that even, I understand. So we know, as you say, it's more transmissible, but it's less severe. We see in South Africa now, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Manny, but it came in there like a lion, and very quickly it's going out a lamb, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we've seen here in the Northeast, which is the epicenter of a, a very metropolis, you know, New York City, New Jersey, Connecticut, you know, Pennsylvania. You know, we, we, our hospitals are not overwhelmed with people with, with the original COVID that we had, or even the Delta variant, where we had, you know, we had to shut down. We have, yes, we have high positivity rates. But, you know, people are going to get tested and they feel perfectly fine. 
and and therefore the narrative has to change if if you have a positive covid test and you're asymptomatic okay and you're not exposing anybody that you know personally that is going to get harmed what are we talking about here you know if, there's many infectious diseases that we have in this planet that are so prevalent and if you test everybody for you know influenza or any other diseases you're going to have high positivity rates in your community so but we don't shut down america so this you know i i think biden understand this and i hope that they begin to you know push back you know the president said today you know what uh COVID should be monitored by the states. Yes, the states know what they're doing. Yeah. There's no more need for federal mandates in order to shut down America. This has to stop. I heard him say that, Dr. Manny. He said that. He put it right back to the states, which is what they've wanted from the beginning. You need the, you need the support of the federal government for certain things, but they were yeah, getting in the way in certain other areas. Could we make the case, Dr. Manny Alvarez, that the Omicron variant is actually going to, in the end, be a big linchpin, a big part of us going from pandemic to endemic? I think so. I mean, if you look at the natural history of this virus, of what it's trying to do, is just trying to acclimate itself into the planet endemic viruses, which we're going to have, and that's okay. You know, certain people, of course, are going to be very vulnerable, but, you know, we have the vaccines. They're effective. Take the vaccine. But, you know, for, as far as the rest of the country is concerned, open it up. You know, just do normal things again and don't panic people with this, you know, with this incense of get yourself tested, get yourself tested. People are, you know, lines of people, hundreds of people are getting tested and they're all perfectly healthy. They're just doing it for doing it. And, you know, we have to stop that because, yes, you're going to find high positivity rates, but nobody's sick. And and therefore, you know, you're sort of developing a narrative that is scaring people. We have to stop scaring America. Yes, you, you are correct, Dr. Manny Alvarez. And also you keep testing and you get positives of people that are completely asymptomatic and then you can't ignore that positive. Then that creates a, another step, another thing that has to be done. In other words, now you can't go to work for this many days or you can't play in your professional uh, job. You can't do this. So the testing that they say is is so critical actually creates other scenarios that you can't ignore when you do this level of testing, right? Well, listen, we're shutting down our economy all over again, whether it's, whether it's through mandates or not. If you look at the airline industry, look how many flights got canceled. If you look at healthcare workers, you know, they, 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 they check themselves, oh, I'm not coming to work. We don't have nurses because, you know, they, they're afraid. We don't have doctors. You know, every industry in America is being hurt by this positive testing, despite the fact that they feel perfectly fine. But, you know, the whole infrastructure is being shut down, is being shut down by this, this, you know, aggressive testing of people that are asymptomatic, they're not sick, and therefore now the mandates are creating, you know, uh, an economy that is, again, may collapse if this continue. Health, you know, Workers are not going into work. At least in the Northeast, I could tell you, 
that the economy is shut down in many areas, uh, whether you look at New York City, they're shutting down the economy. And then I like to see the narrative in the spring of 2022 when they say, oh, uh, you know, uh, we need more money for this. We need more money for unemployment. We need more money for this because the businesses are really not surviving. You're creating your own, you know, your own story. And, 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 and this is just amazing to me of what's going on. And, you know, this is all on the back of the president. And, and I don't know what else. Uh, we're going to do in the United States. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right about that, Dr. Manny Alvarez. Two-minute drill. I do want to just make a quick comment about what you just said. They have created their own political sort of economy because whenever you can do the mandates, I mean, look what they've done in New York starting today. A, A mayor who's leaving in about five minutes from now is is putting something so draconian into play in in place that it's absolutely devastating. And let me bring it to the um, recent Fauci interview on another network where I thought that the uh, reporter actually did a really good job. I don't even think Fauci knew it. It was so surgical, the strike, pun intended, with Dr. Manny Alvarez here. Uh, Dr. Fauci wants to seriously consider vaccine mandates for domestic flights. Where I could understand for the um, the flights that are leaving the country and people coming in, and we know that the president is uh, lifting the uh, the ban of the uh, the countries in, in uh, Africa that, that that he put in place, which really um, is against what he said during the campaign and how he trashed the former president uh, for doing something similar. But what do you think about a vaccine mandate for domestic flights? Well, listen, a vaccine mandate for domestic flights, I think, is just really pushing the envelope. Let me just say this one thought. You know, I was born in Cuba. I was born on the Fidel Castro. I know how communism works. And communism makes the citizens dependent on the state. Yep. Now, uh, Whatever is going on in America today, I'm not that sophisticated to really figure it out. But what, what you have going is, is an agenda that makes the citizens of the United States dependent on the federal government. And if that is the playbook that the Biden administration is following, then that is a very sad state of affairs. You know, American people can create their own destiny. They're smart. They know what to do. They listen to reason. They listen to medical advice. Don't get fooled. American people listen to the American advice. They listen to doctors. I'm a physician. All my patients listen to me. They're respectful. They understand. But they do not want to get dependent on the federal government so that they become uh, you know, as citizens of the state for their needs. And that is what is happening, in my opinion, in a certain degree of of all of this politicization of this COVID pandemic. Uh, Stop it. Let Americans be free. Yeah, let Americans be Americans. That's right. We want to be free. That's what it's all about. Dr. Manny Alvarez, thank you. Always enjoy uh, presenting you. Good to be with you, sir. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Be well. We'll be back. When we come back, very interesting, someone is blaming Governor Ron DeSantis for Omicron. Now, 
How's that possible when we know that it originated in South Africa? How did he do that in the uh, great state of Florida? We'll tell you about it coming up next. This is The Guy Benson Show. Guy Benson will be right back. Out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan. But you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show. I was really liking that beat, Dan, a lot with Christine, Wyatt, and Dan. My name is Harry Hurley. Guy, we'll be back right after the holiday. Now, this sort of takes the cake. I, I realize that there, there are just extremists on all ends of the spectrum. But the Miami Herald, to run an op-ed on Christmas Eve, you, you, you know you've heard of Trump derangement syndrome. There's got to be Ron DeSantis syndrome because they didn't like it i guess when florida had the lowest transmission rate in america they love to report the democrat media if florida has a high transmission rate because they want to blame a governor like desantis who they see as presidential timber and they want to destroy him let's make no mistake about that this pandemic has brought out the worst in the democrat media it's it's just awful but to blame basically in no uncertain terms to blame Governor Ron DeSantis for the Omicron variant, that it came from, quote, selfish people like Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Let me remind this particular publication that we know because South Africa and Miss Coetzee was extremely transparent. We know that this variant came from South Africa, that they believe they know exactly where it came from, that it mutated from exactly one patient zero. And they have that delineated. They have that discovered. So take your shots, but take them in a way where there's some shred of intellectual honesty, some shred of truth. Ron DeSantis has absolutely zero to do with the Omicron variant. And to say otherwise, even if it's an opinion piece, is just blatantly dishonest. Really stunning. When we come back, I am not surprised because there is always a Biden protection program, President Biden protection program in the Democrat media. But this bruja over a dad with the let's go brandon to president biden is way out of control we'll talk about it next on the guy benson show live from the most powerful city in the world unconventional talk from a fresh unconventional conservative guy benson show Welcome to the Guy Benson Show, partnering with Christine Wyatt and Dan. My name is Harry Hurley, filling in today for Guy, who will be back right after the holiday. Guy Benson offers smart, 
fast-paced political and cultural insights from the right-leaning perspective. Guy blends major newsmaker guests, including a steady stream of Fox News all-stars, along with passionate and informed monologues. The Guy Benson Show is one of the most relevant nationally syndicated radio talk shows in America. Welcome to The Guy Benson Show. The topic this half hour, and it's, it's going to be a narrow topic, but you can widen it just using your imagination of all the things that have gone on during the Biden campaign, during the Biden presidency. So it's a narrow topic, but it, it's much more. And those that have been following closely, you know exactly what I mean. You could pull out any one topic and then say there's a 100 more to choose from. You talk about supply chain. You could talk about the price of gasoline. You could talk about the, 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 the increase in inflation. You could talk about uh, Afghanistan, leaving Americans there. I mean, you could just go on and on and on. Uh, earlier in the Guy Benson show, not planning, making testing everything and then not planning for it, blowing it, in other words. And don't forget, Barack Obama said, never underestimate Joe Biden's ability to blank things up. He used a word that's not family-friendly, but you can imagine what it was. So the narrow topic during this portion of The Guy Benson Show is the Democrat media going absolutely ballistic over an Oregon dad saying at the end of his call with President Biden, right before the, um, the Christmas holiday, Christmas Eve-ish, when Santa is making his way, around the world and they're tracking Santa with NORAD officials and it's cool I love it I think it's fantastic it's a beautiful thing the Santa tracker and I think it's a cool vibe I think it's wonderful that it's done and a caller got through who identified himself as Jared from Oregon he ended his call by saying the following Dan if you do the honors cut 21 I hope you have a wonderful hey, Christmas. Well, yeah, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas as well. Uh, Merry Christmas, you. and let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. I <laughs> yeah. agree. Okay. Here's what I will tell you. I'm a pretty good observer of something that I see before my eyes go down. First Lady Joe Biden caught it right away. It appeared to me, and I think it probably appeared to most all, that President Biden didn't get it. And he repeated it because I believe deep down inside he's a good guy. He's mixed up. His policies are terrible, extremely radical. He was never this radical really at any point during his career. And don't forget, he beat Bernie Sanders not only because of what took place. He was very fortunate about the order of the primaries because he was on his way to going down the tubes. Let's not forget Kamala Harris, basically in no uncertain terms, and Joe Biden was none too pleased about it, called President Biden, then candidate Biden, former Vice President Biden, a racist. And then he was rescued in South Carolina because the Democrats decided that Bernie Sanders was going to crash and burn, politically speaking. So they put all their cards, all their chips on Biden, and he wins the nomination, and we know what we've gotten. We have a very scripted president that either has cue cards or reads a teleprompter. 
And if it goes off of that, it typically goes off the rails. So when the caller from Oregon, the dad, Jared, said, let's go, Brandon, Jill Biden got it immediately like, oh, no, no, Joe Biden immediately. That's right. Let's go, Brandon, because he didn't realize that this was the whole dust up. And it should worry people because there's there's an issue to that that I just don't want to spend a lot of time getting into. But he should have known that is on T-shirts. It's it's all over the place. Planes type it in sky typers in the sky. It's it's on billboards. It's everywhere. It's in the pop culture. It's in the lexicon. But this is where it gets crazy. That ought to just be, hey, they got him. This crowd was yelling out a profanity, blank Joe Biden. And then you had a reporter that I believe knows and knew exactly what was being said. And instead, they change it into, let's go Brandon, not blank Joe Biden. Let's go Brandon. Now, we'll never prove, and I don't think anybody's ever fessed up to it, but I don't believe that everybody heard one thing and one person heard something completely different. I think the person just realized, hey, we're on national TV. It's a bad word. I'm just going to finesse it, and we'll, we'll just say it's, it's a reaction to the driver, the NASCAR driver, Brandon Brown. So that's become an entire sensation because it has everything sort of – but different when President Trump tweeted, when he was allowed to tweet, Kofefi. Everybody's done it. Not necessarily Kofefi, which became famous. The difference is President Trump actually monetized Kofefi. There were Kofefi t-shirts. It was in the retail store. All kinds of fantastical things because he owned it. On the other hand, the Democrat media and their protect President Biden duty, they don't ever let anything be what it is. They try to torture the English language or turn it into something that it's not. And so that leaves now. It would have just been funny. But when they try to spin it the way that they do, it now turns it into mockery. And the Democrat media is not going to allow that. So they initially said that anybody who uses the phrase, that you're saying something vulgar, that it's vitriol. They even went as far as to say that you're an ISIS sympathizer. Now, give me a break. A crowd chanted blank Joe Biden. The reporter turned it into a protection modality. And said they were saying, uh, let's go, Brandon. And everybody knows that's not true. I'm sure the reporter does as well. Look, it's the pressure of the moment. You know, you've got the president of the United States and you've got this going on. And fast, you know, on your feet, you come up with uh, some other line that you make up is what I think happened. But here's where it gets very bad. The media then goes really full-blown investigation. They don't want to know about Hunter Biden 
or anything like that. No, no, we can't have anything about that. You get knocked off your deplatformed, not anymore, but you used to get deplatformed and all kinds of problems. You were a liar if you told the truth. Now, they're not intellectually curious about that, but they got to go find out who Jared is. So they find out who Jared is, and they, they find out his last name as well. Then they investigate him further, and they find out that he's a former Oregon police officer. Now this guy is getting absolutely trashed because they turn it on him, which, look, you can decide for yourself whether you think that having the rare opportunity to speak to the president of the United States on Christmas Eve and you end it with the let's go Brandon. And I think he was joking. You could, I think you could tell by the cadence in his voice. He was joking. Jill Biden got it immediately, and, and I don't think she, she cared for it. I don't blame her. Uh, one thing I will give her credit for is she's extremely rightfully protective of her husband, and I think she needs to be. So no, no criticism there at all. Uh, that's, I think that's to be admired. But Biden didn't get it. Biden Joe. He didn't get it. He repeated it. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. He didn't get it. So later on, they had to tell him, hey, that's that let's go Brandon thing. Remember, you were at the, at the, 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 the race car thing, and, and the, the crowd was saying something, and they said, let's go Brandon. Oh, okay. So he didn't get it, and he repeated it. So why is – now think about five years plus the last year since President Trump. So a year plus of the campaign, four years as president, and almost a year out of office in just a few weeks. Do, do you all remember the things 24-7? That were said about President Trump. I mean, it was it was some of the na- nastiest stuff in, in presidential history. But they were never going after the people that did certain things. If you called in on a talk show or you said something, they didn't go find out who who Dan is, uh, who Harry is, you know, who guy who who's guy who's that guy guy a guy Benson. Okay, good, we got his last name now. They did they, they, nobody did any of that. You just dealt with it in the political arena, and you handled it. Here, though, major networks, they have gone as far as to say that it is a right-wing slur. Come on. You can say he got punked. You know, you could say it was crass. You could say, ah, come on, it's, it's, it's Santa Claus tracker. You know, what do you do that kind of knucklehead thing for? A lot of things you could say. But it's not it's not a right wing slur. Let's go, Brandon. How's it a right wing slur? How does it make you an ISIS sympathizer? I mean, they just make this stuff up. And and it goes further. You've got one of the networks, you can imagine which one, saying that this is someone that they destroy his character. Uh, they go into all kinds of things about this individual. How is that worth? Now, I think most fair people would say, wow, all these networks doing all this cleanup? What about what about proportionality to reality? What would all that be required for? Look, I'm not in my – personally speaking, I'm not really in – to the, you know, let's go Brandon thing. I think it's funny. It, it it never crosses any threshold with me that it is at all a right wing slur. Uh, 
or that you're an ISIS sympathizer. It's that, hey, you're always protecting this guy, no matter what. The crowd was clearly saying an expletive followed by his name. And the, and there are hats with three initials, the, the initial F, the initial J, the initial B. There's a lot of merch out there uh, on all of this. But like I said, there was for Kofefi as well. You know, one poked fun at himself because he types, you know, fast, fat finger typing. And you wind up, you've done it. How many times have you typed a word? I know somebody that every time they type one word, this other word pops up. I've now gotten used to it. Oh, I know what that means. You almost see through it. You just, it looks like the other word now. You're so used to seeing it. It's all a matter of how you handle it. And I think that this thou protest too much. Sometimes you just have to let something happen, let the American people, big boys and big girls, process it all. Hey, look what happened at this NASCAR race. They were really giving it to President Biden. Instead, you'd make up something stupid. And then when you get called on being stupid, then you go after the person. And this guy has been really having to deal with a heck of a time. He's being completely trashed and harassed and has come out and apologized for what he did. Clearly, it was a joke, but this is how far, and we talk about it a lot, this is how far the Democrat media is willing to go. They'll destroy you in order to protect their person or their agenda. We'll be back shortly. This is The Guy Benson Show. The Guy Benson Show. More next. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. My name is Harry Hurley filling in for Guy. He will be back right after the holiday. Here is a very sad situation that we're seeing more and more, whether it's LeBron James in the NBA or now an MSNBC producer who's getting some blowback for calling Chinese human rights abuses alleged. Now, there are certain things that you talk about settled case law and things like that. There are certain things that are quite settled. It's not alleged. They have a horrific human rights record. It's not alleged. It is it is learned and it is confirmed. It reminds me when Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi was uh, taken down, taken out by President Trump. And you had, I think it was the Washington Post, but it was certainly uh, a major media source that when he died, they referred to him as an austere religious scholar. Yes, they talked better about Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi than they did their own American president. It's a sickness. It really is. I mean, there's a pathology there that is so incredibly deeply concerning. And look, you got to be honest, LeBron James, very talented. I mean, since the time he was even before high school age, he was probably near NBA caliber before high school, certainly as a high school player, he was NBA caliber. And if you remember, he didn't go to college. He went right to the NBA. And he's had a great long career. But being consistent about things isn't one of his strong suits. And I understand. 
he, he does business. And you have a lot of these people that do business with China, and so they overlook this horrific record. They pander to a absolutely unapologetic, vicious communist nation. And is it a surprise? I mean, would it be would it be stretching things to say that MSNBC, part of NBC, and the coverage of the plan, the planned television coverage of the Olympic Games in China, that they just can't say what needs to be said? It really, when something is at that level, then usually you know you're doing something wrong. If you can't call China out for its horrific record on human rights, then you are doing something wrong. That's not defendable. And when you slip in words like alleged to sugarcoat, or actually even worse than that, to actually leave it open to interpretation that maybe they don't have a significantly terrible human rights abuse record. Because if you say alleged, that means you're not sure. And look, we're Americans. We believe in the presumption of innocence. Innocent until proven guilty, of course, unless you are of a certain persuasion, typically conservative, then you, you are guilty. And even if you're proven innocent, you're still guilty. You must be because of who you are and what you believe. But that really, Kyle Griffin deserved to be excoriated for that. And he was. We'll be back. This is The Guy Benson Show. Talking about the issues you care about. Guy Benson. Welcome back to the Guy Benson Show. Harry Hurley filling in today with Christine Wyatt and Dan. Welcome to the program. Uh, Guy will be back right after the holiday. So this one deserves our attention because it is the latest example of how we have a vice president that really, I think, bears watching at many levels. And I mean at a sheer lack of competency. Don't forget, Kamala Harris did not make it. Then Senator Kamala Harris, now Vice President Kamala Harris, did not make it into the actual election year when only Democrats could vote. We were talking about somebody that got about 1% of the vote and didn't make it out of 2019. I mean, that is stunning. Then to be on the ticket is fantastical. And at every turn that we see with each bit of her portfolio that's been handed to her, what what have we seen? Have we seen anything about the border and all these other so-called projects she's been handed? And you can tell there's that laughter thing that keeps popping up and it makes her unserious and and seemingly unqualified and uh, a bit scary to contemplate that we're talking about the person that's next in line for the presidency as we speak. And and a president that, let's be honest, is is seemingly not very vibrant. So a wide-ranging interview, media credit, CBS, Face the Nation, with host Margaret Brennan. I have a lot that I want to unpack, but let's let the actual audio set the topic. Dan, cut 17. 
What do you see as the biggest national security challenge confronting the U.S.? What is the thing that worries you and keeps you up at night? Frankly, one of them is our democracy. We are embarking on a, a, a new era where the threats to uh, our nation take many forms, including uh, the threat of autocracies taking over and having outsized influence around the world. And mm -hmm. so I go back to our, our point about the need to fight for the integrity of our democracy. In addition, it is obviously about what we need to do in the climate crisis. And they got to always get that in there. Okay. Absolutely terrible answer. Now, what the other side does, they'll just play the one comment, which would have been about 2.5 seconds. Frankly, one of them is our democracy. And that would be tattooed to you, and you would own it, and you could never explain it. You could never get past it. It would be disqualifying, and that's the way that it would be done. What we've given you on The Guy Benson Show is context. Now, it is still a terrible answer. You can't, to quote John McEnroe, you cannot be serious and give an answer that democracy is one of our biggest threats. Now, I guess she doesn't realize this, but there is a national security threat list. And any American could, could spend less than 30 seconds, and you could have given a fabulous answer. Well, Margaret, thank you for that very thoughtful question. Well, of course, terrorism. This issue concerns all of us. Espionage, proliferation in general, economic espionage, targeting our national information infrastructure, which is a very serious threat, and we see it happening, targeting the United States government, foreign intelligence activities, and you could go on and on. And you could, you could sound really smart and really prepared. I am of the absolute opinion that we have a vice president who doesn't do the work. These questions that she's given are not tough. And she fails each and every time. And these are typically before friendly audiences who want her to succeed. So they roll up a nice meatball and say, here it comes. Just like that. Right down to the splat. I, off the top of my head, basically, I gave you actual national security threats. And there's more. I've always been concerned about a bioweapon, which I think COVID-19 is. Of course, in the election of 2020, you couldn't even say that. How dare you? You were, you were written off as some kind of absolute kook. Now it's accepted. It's almost like a generally accepted principle of accounting. It's almost baked in. But, of course, our president won't and had the opportunity, won't say anything to China. Then you have to just figure that out for yourself. Why would that be? How can you have a lengthy conversation and not bring this up? Because it's on purpose. That's why. So it's scary. And, and I'll tell you what they did. They picked such a bad cabinet on top of it. Not long ago, the former governor, Secretary Granholm, the Secretary of Energy, she was asked and thrown another meatball. 
about how much oil we consume in America in a day. She didn't know. And if you said in the neighborhood of 20 million barrels, ding, 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 you'd win on the Guy Benson show. Now, you might say during the the absolute peak of the early pandemic, it may have been 18.5 million barrels, may have been less than 20, but 20 million would would generally be accepted as a correct answer. She said, and we've played it before on the Guy Benson show, Secretary, former Governor Granholm, didn't know how many barrels of oil we use in America per day. And if you think that Pete Buttigieg, who they keep saying is the next president, give me a break. My goodness, that is absurd. That is invention. Again, John McEnroe, you cannot be serious. Very poor cabinet selection. Very weak cabinet of people that are not informed or either not qualified for the position or very, very poorly informed. So as I say, this is not this is about a narrow issue. It's about one issue, but it's part of a bigger problem because this comes across every single time we turn with Kamala Harris. Biggest threat to national security, our democracy. New York Post, if you want to check it out, has a great item on this. And it really is spot on. Now, what some of these Democrat members of the media that get the access to have these interviews, because let's face it, President Trump basically talked to everyone. This group, the whole game is staged. You hear the president say all the time, I shouldn't be answering these questions. I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, they don't want me to do this. I mean, how? when have you ever heard the leader of the free world speak like this? If you want to take questions, you're the president of the United States. They're going to get mad at me. You think I'm making this up? It's all out there. I'm not supposed to take questions. Oh, really? That that inspires confidence, doesn't it? She tried. She tried. She, I think she realized that, uh-oh, it's like the Teddy Kennedy thing. Teddy Kennedy had a great, Senator Ted Kennedy had a great chance to beat Jimmy Carter in the Democratic primary. Jimmy Carter, much like Joe Biden, it's very similar presidencies supply chain issues, uh, high gasoline prices, very high interest rates, all very, very similar in so many ways. Without the pandemic, basically the only difference. But Ted Kennedy was asked why he wanted to be president. It paralyzed him. He wasn't equipped. You would think that being a Kennedy... And had it not been for Chappaquiddick, he would have run before he decided to run and challenge the incumbent Democrat president, who was weak. And even though he didn't win, that obviously weakened Jimmy Carter further for President Reagan. He was Teddy Kennedy was very helpful to President Reagan in that election because an incumbent president 
almost never is challenged. And if they are, it's fringe challenge and not somebody who they used to call the lion of the Senate. I don't mean L-Y apostrophe either. Lion. I mean uh, L-I-O-N. The lion of the Senate, they would call him. I didn't agree with that assessment, but that's what they called him. So later in the interview, the vice president tried to clean it up and put in there, and it's, it's, it's in the audio that you heard. We were fair. They're not fair to us. We were very fair to the vice president. That, that, that could have been, it would not even have had to have been sliced and diced. Now, you know, we've seen things during this presidency. They changed the words. They, they did it to Congressman Jim Jordan, who's been on Fox News Radio, talking about that. They changed his words. Here it could have just been, there's the answer, and they, you know they do it to Republicans all the time. Remember the comment about President Trump? There's good people on both sides, and they may, oh, my God, he's supporting all these bad people, and they don't play the, the part that, I mean, barely hesitation. They don't play the part that expands on the comment. They leave it at the first remark only. And he got hit with that in the presidential debate as well, completely out of context. So she tried, the vice president tried to clarify, but it it didn't work. It didn't work at all. She then was was questioned about President Biden and the decision to end the war in Afghanistan by removing the U.S. troops. And she said she supported that, quote, fully supported. Uh, I have to tell you, I thought it was a terrible appearance. Now, Margaret Brennan has the capacity to be an excellent reporter. Very, very much too Democrat for me and more editorial than news person, which is fine, but don't say you're a news person if you're going to do opinion. But this was a terrible, terrible interview. If this was supposed to be like a reset for the vice president, because it look, if you're unless you're totally purposefully being dishonest, you know, I don't think there's been a vice president in the Republic to get off to this kind of start after less than one year to be this low in a public opinion polls. But don't forget, she was at one percent with Democrats. She's blaming it on other things, gender, ethnicity, none of that. None of that has anything to do with it. This is an accumulation award. It is earned. And, of course, they have to find a way to bring in the previous administration. This much I can tell you, and I think this audience knows this. I worked for President Trump for about two and a half years. Saw him every week, minimum of three days a week, for two and a half years. He never missed. And I was responsible at the senior level for one of his hotel properties all week long when the president was in New York and then with us every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. President Trump, and I know him, he never would have gone in the order that President Biden did, that Kamala Harris was defending in this tragic interview, terrible interview. He would have never taken the military out first and the human resource 
the Americans out last. He actually would have done it much differently. There were basically three steps. Just the order was important. He would have gotten Americans out. He would have gotten our billions, hundreds of billions of dollars of equipment out second. And the military would have come out last. Biden went military, sort of get the people out, some of them, not all, and just leave all this incredible weaponry there. Disastrous stuff. We will be back in just a moment. This is The Guy Benson Show. The Guy Benson Show. More next. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. This is Harry filling in for Guy, who will be back right after the holiday. Well, this deserves our attention for a few minutes. You have the display window at the very trendy Herald Square shop, smashed, clothing ripped off. And yes, clothing ripped off even the mannequins. I mean, just no end in sight to this, except I think there is, though, because I really do believe that Mayor Adams in just, I want to say just a few days, it's it's not long, uh, is going to um, fix a lot of these issues. The billion dollars that de Blasio cut out of the police budget, very important tactical special units that were uh, dissolved. I think you're going to see a lot of changes. It'll sort of be, Mayor Adams is not going to be Rudy Giuliani reincarnated, but you're going to see a crackdown on a lot of this stuff. Let me just remind you how we got to where we are now. You remember, it wasn't that long ago. We'll just give you some of the greatest hits. The Summer of Love, The Wonderful City of Chop, Chaz, Fiery but Mostly Peaceful Protests, No Bail for Alleged Criminals, Bailing Out Others Who Have Done Something So Significant That There Is Bail, Bailing Them Out So That They Can Go Right Back In To Your Domestic Jihad And Go At It Again. And burn and break more things. All was a strategy of the Democrats. You cannot you cannot deny that. Not good Democrats, but these bad Democrats in large cities. And you know which ones. You had the defunding of police. You had the disbanding of critical units that did important investigation work and other important tactical uh, special units. You had so much funding taken away from police in these large metropolitan cities. You have Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, actually adding $300 million for police funding in San Francisco, because at some point you have to finally accept that nobody's buying this philosophy of governance that you've put into place, it, it's a, it is a tragedy, and it has to be stopped. And you could see, I uh, forget the mayor's name, Wheeler just came to me. Everything was cool. It was no problem. He, he felt there was nothing bad going on. This is nothing. This is peaceful until they set his house on fire. Then all of a sudden, you know, you know the old expression that it's um, a soft economy to a recession when your neighbor is out of a job, when you're out of a job, it's a depression. They got a little too close. You know, there was a period in time where people would have to pay money to get past barricades, to get into their own home or their own business, and the looting that went on. 
and stores that cannot even stay open anymore because of the theft. Then they're called racists because they can't stay in and be ripped off like this. Truly unbelievable. When we come back, our distinguished guest on The Guy Benson Show will be Kenneth Blackwell. Next, it's The Guy Benson Show. It's 5 o'clock in the most powerful city in the world, Washington, D.C. It's time for The Guy Benson Show Happy Hour, sponsored by the Finnish Long Drink. Finland's most popular alcoholic beverage has come to America. Visit thelongdrink.com. And now, here's your host, Guy Benson. Welcome to the Guy Benson Show. Harry Hurley filling in today with Christine Wyatt and Dan. Guy will be back right after the holiday. Standing by on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline is Kenneth Blackwell. He is the former mayor of Cincinnati. He is from the America First Policy Institute, the chairman of the Center for Election Integrity. So we're going to have a very interesting conversation. And Kenneth, welcome to the Guy Benson Show. It's so good to be with you. Good afternoon. Good to be with you, Ken. I love this column that you've written in Town Hall. Uh, so for listeners of The Guy Benson Show that want to see it, townhall.com, and the, the piece that we're going to be referring to is written by Ken Blackwell. Mobile health apps need a security checkup. This is so smart that you actually put this roadmap down, Ken, because obviously so much has changed. People, uh, places and things are expecting to see these passports and and are you vaccinated? We know what we're going to be talking about a little bit later in this hour. Uh, What Mayor de Blasio with five minutes left in his term is doing in terms of people having to produce papers and things like that. Uh, So in this age, as you write of mask and vaccine mandates, take it away, Ken. What is the point that you've made in your column, which I, I do believe is a very good one? Well, the the point that I'm trying to make is that the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, better known as HIPAA, uh, uh, created in 1996, uh, set national standards for protecting individuals' health information. Uh, Many people assume that the law applies to any entity that might uh, request or handle health information. That is not true. Health data that would be HIPAA protected in the hands of health care companies can be used for any purpose without federal policy and security protections. And, and in the hands of big tech companies, uh, that is a real dangerous uh, situation because what you have there is the possibility of this information being sold and sliced and diced uh, and and. and private information uh, that is protected by HIPAA, now it's on the open marketplace, uh, and that could put uh, individuals at risk, under, under, undercut their uh, health privacy, uh, and as I think, undercut their, their personal liberty. I, I agree with you completely. I mean, and a lot of people don't realize what you said, that HIPAA, it, it, it pertains to doctors, to your medical records, uh, any, any medical professional uh, is obligated to that. But, for example, an employer can ask if you're vaccinated or Mayor de Blasio, look what he just did to every private entity basically in New York City uh, effective today. So this is a really good point. And like a lot of things, it starts out one way, but it, it evolves over time and it can evolve. with the, And when the technology gets ahead 
of the, the whole situation, you could wind up with a very, very bad situation. And as you say, who knows what could be revealed? Maybe you have something that would weaken your position, even if nobody admits it, uh, at your place of employment, or you, you get tagged for not being vaccinated because somebody puts out your record that there's no record of a first vaccination, a second, a booster, or anything. So its time has come, hasn't it, Ken? Oh, it, it really has. And because uh, there have been stress tests and, and, and a, a common kicking of the tires of uh, a lot of these uh, uh, apps uh, and uh, cybersecurity professionals are, are reporting that major security you know, vulnerabilities affecting dozens of apps with millions of users exist. You know, and so it, what, we're, what we're looking at now in this information explosion uh, and the, you know, the question that people have to raise is, you know, is the trade-off for convenience uh, and instant information on your end worth the exposure on the back end uh, and the risk that you, that you take uh, by having this in the wrong hands? And as you know, and you've written about it so well, and you've spoken about it so well in the past, and those just joining the program, Ken Blackwell is on the Guy Benson Show, Newsmaker Hotline, the chairman of the Center for Election Integrity, former mayor of Cincinnati and from the America First Policy Institute. He's written a column at townhall.com about the fact that the mobile health app industry, if you will, really needs a security checkup. Hey, look, we've seen, Ken, and you've seen it, companies that lose their accounts payable to pirates. Uh, they yeah. lose their entire uh, database. They they lose all their bank records. And as you know, many times, whether the FBI likes it or not, they got to pay it. They've got to pay it or or they can go down because they've lost total control. Say, we'll, we'll throw out an example. Just say hypothetically, you're an employee that has some kind of whatever, sexually transmitted disease or something, or had it in the past. Who wants that out there into, into the public square? So this is this information, all of your information, that used to be in paper files in a medical uh, file cabinet in your family doctor's uh, office is now all digitized. And if it gets into the hands of the wrong person, you could become completely blackmailable. I don't think I've exaggerated, have I? Uh, you, you haven't. Look, health records can fetch prices a thousand times higher than a social security number and two hundred times higher than a, a credit card number, uh, according to uh, these credit experts. A, a, a hacked medical record can be worth as much as a stolen passport on the dark dark web. So, look, we we in fact have to put a check uh, on this uh, mindless, you know. Uh, trading off of our information. And so even if it's not stolen by hackers, uh, health data that is not protected by HIPAA can be used and sold in ways patients never intended. Is there, to, so your, to, to, Ken, to your knowledge, mm -hmm. is there any desire, any appetite whatsoever to make a priority about what you're talking about? Well, we have, you know, sometimes power can seize nothing without a demand. So I'm on, every day, I'm pounding the payment, creating a, a demand. And I think once people understand their vulnerability, uh, you're going to have more people speaking up uh, and going. we're going to demand this from this administration that is so-called concerned about the, uh, the health and welfare 
other working other working uh, men and women of this country uh that that if they don't do something about this uh, what they're basically saying is that they are you know giving in to the administrative state or they're aiding and abetting the administrative state on uh, that not only puts our information at risk it puts our individual liberty at risk couldn't agree more ken let's move on to a second topic while we have a few minutes uh, and we'll follow we'll continue to follow your work on the mobile app uh, security checkup uh, because I'm in agreement. I think that most reasonable people are in agreement. They want to protect sensitive information. There's a reason that it's kept private because you don't want it to go public. It's not like anybody has anything horrific to hide, but in some cases there could be some embarrassing things or just things that are your private you know, business. And so I like what you're doing there and will continue to follow what you're doing. The Supreme Court, I made a prediction, I believe it was last week, right here on the Guy Benson Show, Ken. And when I saw that there was basically a split decision with the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals and the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals with respect to the President Biden vaccine mandate. Now, of course, President Biden loves the one that flipped the other one. uh, But usually when two high courts have a split decision, the Supreme Court almost always takes the case. They did so here. Uh, What are your thoughts about the Supreme Court about to hear oral arguments on the Biden vaccine mandates, and and they'll be having not just oral arguments, but there'll be briefs submitted as well. What are your thoughts about that? I think there is a clear majority uh, on the Supreme Court uh, uh, that uh, make up a a constitutionalist majority uh, on on the court, and there is nothing uh, gives me uh, any indication that they will cut and run on this issue. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to basically, you know, say what what everybody else that's responsible says. One, uh, that the the mandate can help uh, many people, most the most vulnerable, in in fighting back uh, the scourge of of COVID. Uh, but to actually mandate that people get this shot, these vaccines, uh, and and information is constantly moving, uh, that is a direct assault on uh, on our liberty. And again, I'll go back to this. I, I think the, the, the Biden administration is, you know, in the in the forefront of expanding the uh, the administrative state. And as a consequence, uh, there is they're advocating now uh, strategies and practices and policies that are uh, that are an existential threat to our individual liberty, uh, and this is a clash of worldviews. Uh, are, are we subjects or are we free-willed citizens? And what has made us the most uh, robust constitutional republic in all of human history is that the founders put a restraint on the power and reach of and muscularity of the other federal government uh, we cannot take that harness off uh, or in fact we will find ourselves headed towards uh, a, a state uh, that has wound up uh, across human history on the ash bin of history ken blackwell on the guy benson show newsmaker hotline two minute drill ken in terms of why i think they're going to also flip it is that they took the case Many times they'll just let a lower court ruling uh, stand. It's the highest ruling, and so it would stay in effect until or unless a Supreme Court ever took it up and decided to reverse it. I think they took it 
to flip this thing. The Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals went the other way. It was an Obama bot judge. I think her name, Jane Stranch, uh, Barack Obama, President Obama appointee. That was the sort of the tiebreaker, if you will, in a two to one ruling. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals uh, flipped it and they're allowing the Biden uh, vaccine mandate to, to, to continue. I think the Supreme Court took the case, Ken, to flip it. I think you're I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I, I think that, uh, again, all of our advances and all of our accomplishments in our 245 years of existence will go right down the drain if, in fact, uh, uh, they they take this case and then go in a direction which I don't think they're going to go. Uh, so I I won't even uh, I won't even f- fancy that thought because I think you're right. I think the fact that they took it they took it in fact uh, in order to take a stand uh, for uh, constitutionalism. Yeah, if they uh, liked where it was, they could have just left it. That's right. Ken, great to visit with you on both topics. I think you're really on to something, and not enough people have given that intellectual curiosity on the mobile health app and the need to tighten to button that down and i appreciate your views on the supreme court relative to the biden vaccine mandate continued success sir be well good to be with you harry happy new year brother good to be with you sir happy new year to you much more straight ahead because this is the guy benson show guy benson will be right back Welcome back. It's the Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. I'm Harry Hurley filling in today for Guy. He'll be back right after the holiday. We have breaking news that's been popping right as we were coming back this half hour. We had uh, Ken as our guest, so we, we stayed with, with the, um, the content of that particular segment. But we can share with you now that the CDC has actually halved the quarantine time For those with COVID-19, from 10 days to 5 days, the thought behind it, and and this is really, I believe, enormous breaking news. Because when you cut that down, 10 to 5, I know it's half, we know the math, but it is dramatic in terms of what that means to the individual, what that means to employers. It is huge, and the concept behind it is And it makes a lot of sense. And we've talked about it uh, almost in these identical words to keep society functioning. You cannot allow our communities to shut down again. Children should go to school. People should be able to responsibly do what they need to do in terms of working, even, yes, recreating. And, of course, you have to be careful. I've always felt from the beginning that it was incumbent upon us, especially in the media, to take the COVID-19 pandemic seriously, to put out intellectually honest information about it, to treat it serious, because in some cases it's absolutely deadly, it's wrecking people still, but for the vaccinated, the pandemic has become a very different playing field one in which you can easily be infected, but typically the result is very mild. So this is to, if this recommendation is upheld, and I haven't seen one yet that hasn't been, and you can tell, this is basically, now I'm not saying the CDC, but what's been happening, Democrats have been 
conceding that their lockdowns, very draconian, didn't work, shutting down people, destroying people's lives. You know, do you want to get wrecked by a disease, a virus, or do you want to get wrecked by government destroying your business that maybe you've worked for generations? There have been businesses that made it through the Great Depression, Great Recessions, all kinds of issues, and went down the tubes because if you shut someone down, it's very expensive just to stay closed. You have rent issues or mortgages. You have leasehold improvements. You have operating expenses. You have uh, utilities and so on. And it took basically in many communities, many states, one-third or more of all businesses folded forever over the past nearly two years. This is a big deal. What they're saying in their isolation guidance policy, and this is a big change, is that the rules are for people who were infected. This is straight from CDC. They are the same for the people who are unvaccinated, partly vaccinated, fully vaccinated, or boosted. How about that? They say the clock starts the day you test positive. An infected person should go into isolations for five days instead of the previously recommended 10. At the end of five days, if you have no symptoms, you can return to normal activities, but must wear a mask everywhere, even at home, around others, for at least five more days. All right, so you're back in the game. I think a lot of people would take this trade. Very, very happily, they would take the trade. What we didn't get to share with you at length today, we can bring it up with um, Liz Peek, who's coming up right after the break. She's fantastic. Fox News contributor, columnist for foxnews.com. We'll talk about Mayor de Blasio, who's leaving in a couple of days, and his private business vaccine mandate that has now taken official effect. That's an important topic because that is going to be very, very problematic. And it's bad news for New York City, and you haven't heard incoming Mayor Adams endorse it. I made a prediction last week on The Guy Benson Show. It came true, and that's that the Supreme Court would take the Biden vaccine mandate uh, case, and they did. That was easy. That was low-lying fruit, easy to pick. I think Mayor Adams will overturn de Blasio post-haste. This is The Guy Benson Show. Talking about the issues you care about. Guy Benson. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. My name is Harry Hurley. In today for Guy, who will be back right after the holiday, a real pleasure to welcome back to The Guy Benson Show. Liz Peek is on our Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline. Liz Peek is a Fox News contributor and a very talented columnist for foxnews.com. The first item, I want to get into the holiday shopping and all of that, but the first item I want to give Liz a crack at here is Mayor Bill de Blasio's private business vaccine mandate which he put into effect when the man is literally going to be gone, thankfully, I believe, forever in less than five days. Liz, welcome to Guy's program. Hey, thank you very much for having me on. We are counting the hours. You have to be. You <laughs> have to be. see the end of Bill de Blasio. Uh, look, I think this is just, you know, an attention getter. I mean, I, I, I hate to sound so cynical, but that's what it was. Obviously, he knows that the incoming mayor may junk this uh, unpopular mandate, and, and by the way, very costly mandate yeah. uh, for New York. 
uh, almost immediately. So this, I have never seen a politician more delusional about his own success, his own standing, et cetera. He actually, I think Bill de Blasio actually thinks he has a shot at running for governor, which is simply a staggering idea to me. I know, I know. You can't say it without laughing. You can't. Uh, And so I think this was something where, you know, he can sort of run around the state now talking to near empty halls and rooms and saying, look what I did. I put in this mandate uh, because it was very, very important. What we all know is that there is a worker shortage everywhere. Uh, It's statewide. It's countrywide. These mandates are absolutely killers in terms of uh, taking even more people off the uh, you know, the, the job-looking list. And, I mean, it's a ridiculous thing to be doing. It's ridiculous. And, and I'm hoping, honestly, I'm sort of just hoping that businesses will completely ignore it. We've seen that kind of response a little bit elsewhere, uh, upstate, where people are saying, no, we're not going to enforce it. And I hope they do that. I hope they do it also, but they have this one-page form. It's very un-American. And de Blasio just seems to be very comfortable. We know he was a communist. And usually you hear people say that. It's like, oh, my gosh, you're wearing some tinfoil hat. But no, he was. He was a communist. And he loves communism, it seems. He doesn't seem to appreciate a representative republic or any type of democratic process. He likes this autocratic thing. Uh, People like him appear to enjoy the opportunity to take more power than ever you could ever get away with uh, except for such an emergency as as a global pandemic. And they have this very, um, I think, uh, off-putting form that these business owners are expected to sign, saying that they attest and affirm to this and to that, and then all kinds of fines that can escalate. Yeah. I, you, t- you touched on something that I totally agree with, though. I And I'll go one step further. I think if Mayor Adams intended to keep this in effect, he would have come out and supported the mayor. He has not taken a stance on this. Therefore, I believe that as soon as he takes office on January 1st, that garbage is going into the garbage can. Well, I I hope so. And and look, I I think... Uh, I think everyone knows, I I think everyone understands that the vaccine has a serious purpose. Um, I'm vaccinated. I presume you are, but I don't really care. That's your business, not mine. I am. Um, I think it does prevent you from getting seriously ill. Yep. Uh, Honestly, uh, if, if people have an objection to it or they or they don't want to take it because they have substantial antibodies already, which, by the way, a lot of people have because they've had COVID, you know, that's their business. And I, and I really, I think it's a mistake in many cases, but that is, as I say, their business. And here's why I think all this guilt tripping of people who are unvaccinated makes no sense. We know that people who are vaccinated, uh, in fact, I have family members right now, doubly vaxxed and boosted, and they have COVID. So it doesn't mean that you can't spread it. It doesn't mean uh, that people are safer uh, to be around you when you've been vaccinated. I just, I think the whole idea that this is a patriotic issue that Joe Biden said, I think that's hogwash. Because what we know is the vaccinations really are not what we thought they were or we hoped that they were going to be, which was something that prevented you from getting COVID, prevented you from spreading it. That's simply not true. What it prevents, it, we hope, is you getting very sick and dying. So that's yeah. great. And if you're an idiot, you don't want to do it, or you have some reason not to do it, don't do it. 
I mean, let this, let's just move forward. I, you know, anyway, I think this is going to run into constitutional issues. Um, uh, and in the courts, you know, been try, it's being uh, challenged in the courts. But, but Eric Adams, if he's wise, will just say, you know, let's start over. Let's look at what makes sense. Let's protect our vulnerable citizens. Let's let everybody else go about their business. Couldn't agree more. Liz Peek is with us on the Guy Benson Show Newsmaker Hotline. And I think Adams, Mayor Adams will do that. I think he's also going to restore a lot of the police functions that Mayor de Blasio yes. destroyed. Uh, the billion dollars that he took out, the specialized units that he took away. There's going to be, uh, I'm not going to say that Mayor Adams is going to remind us exactly of Rudy Giuliani, but he is going to clean up a lot of the stuff that de Blasio purposely, through his philosophy, of his radical philosophy of governance, that he let slip in the way that it has, that has caused so many of these smash and grab things and all these different things, Liz. Well, I, I agree. I think there's some limitations in what Adams can do because we have a state legislature which is to the left of Bill de Blasio. That's true. And I think it's really time that New Yorkers, particularly New, conservative New Yorkers, New Yorkers who own businesses, et cetera, pay a little more attention, please, to our own state politics. It was not always the case that Democrats controlled both houses of our state government and the governor's mansion. That is a recipe for disaster, and we've seen that. When, when that happened just very recently that the Democrats took over the state Senate, there was this huge backlog of far-left policies, abortion on demand, bail reform, all these things that had been backed up because there was a Republican Senate. Minute that went away, all these policies came tumbling down the pike, and they were passed into law, and now we're having to live with them. And it's, it's been a disaster for New York City. Guess what? In Armonk or in upstate Poughkeepsie or someplace, it probably doesn't matter so much. In New York, when you can't put people in jail, when yep. they assault people, when they rob stores, etc., you have mayhem. And that's really what we have right now. There's no question. One last point on COVID, then we'll move on to, to this interesting holiday shopping phenomenon that might surprise some people how it turned out. We'll get into that in a moment. We're visiting with Liz Peake on The Guy Benson Show. On COVID-19, we're asking a lot of the American people, and there's a lot of distrust, as you know, because after all, it did start out with 14 days to flatten the curve. You had Fauci saying, don't wear face masks because people that aren't professionals, nurses or doctors or clinicians, techs, things like that, you'll touch your face and you'll spread it. It's not a good idea. He lied. We were short PPE. They should have just told the truth, but they lied. And he thinks that's a good lie. I say that it's a bad lie because it sowed the seeds of distrust. And then, of course, President Biden said, get vaccinated and the pandemic's over for you and then get the vaccine and you can't get it. And all the things you said are true. But I still say it's worth getting because you have a very good chance. I believe Dr. Marty McCary, who says that um, that basically Omicron, especially if you're vaccinated, is I'm a cold that it's not going to get you, that it's not living in the lungs, it's living in the in the nasal passages, and you're going to be okay. But as you said, Liz, you're infectious. You can transmit it, but yeah. you will do well. Here's my, my point that I'm making through a long wind-up here. <laughs> I believe if Biden didn't take this approach, that you're basically a jerk, a dope, and all these things that they were saying about the unvaccinated – we would have more people vaccinated if they would have taken a completely different approach and not oh, brought their politics into yep. it. 
Yep, I couldn't agree more. The, uh, Joe Biden, remember, campaigned on uniting, reuniting the yeah. country, bringing uh-huh. the country together. He has been the most divisive president, including President Trump, in my view, that we've ever had. He goes after Republicans for uh, not going along with vaccine mandates. He he really, I mean, he's really nasty all the time yeah. uh, to people who disagree with him. Not, by the way, not even just Republicans. I mean, he'll, you know, strike out at, uh, at uh, reporters that ask even a mildly challenging yes. question. He's kind of nasty. And I think his hammering on this vaccine uh, it was a mistake in part because it raised expectations and it really did uh, make promises and assurances about the vaccine, not just in terms of safety, but obviously more importantly, efficacy, that really turned out not to be true. So the people who didn't take the vaccine, who are tired of being lectured by Joe Biden, now they're sitting there saying, ha ha, what was the point of it? You know, do you tell me who's better off? You know, I, and particularly, again, someone who's had COVID and honestly, why the medical establishment doesn't give any uh, heed at all to the fact that if people have had this, have better antibodies, from what I understand, than people who are just taking yes. uh, a vaccine. But they sort of act like that's not, that doesn't even well, matter. Well, they, they don't make it count. It's not even they, even in exactly. the new CDC things. It's they, a first exactly. shot. It's a so, second shot. It's the booster shot. Yeah, that, I mean, that and most other sense, countries you know? are counting that you've had it and that you have these antibodies, which are extremely powerful they're very potent so in other words to try to convince the unwilling in the manner that the biden administration has done they could not have made more mistakes i don't believe no i think it's been i think i agree with you i've thought that from the beginning that his tone was harsh and sort of um judgmental and not but you know not beguiling i mean he didn't sort of i don't know there was anyway and when you consider that president trump was the one who under whose uh, auspices this uh, va- these vaccines were created it isn't like people on the right just instinctively said oh no i don't want to take it i think had biden on day 1 encouraged trump to make some statements about the vaccine encouraging people really making it a team effort you know getting yep. everyone involved in promoting this thing instead of basically uh throwing trump under the bus every chance he could and expressing doubt about it Back before, you know, when he was during the campaign, he was very dismissive and doubtful uh, and ca- sort of cast aspersions on the vaccine, saying, well, if it's Trump's vaccine, you exactly. know, I'll have to wait till the medical authorities tell yep. me it's okay. Yep. And the implication was that Trump was pushing this in order to have it uh, available by the time of the election, which he didn't exactly manage. But in any event, it cast doubts, as did Kamala Harris, as did Nancy Pelosi. So I think they have themselves to blame for some of this reticence. I don't think there's any question about that. Liz Peake is our guest on The Guy Benson Show. This this just broke uh, just a little while ago. The CDC, I was curious if your take on this, Liz, the CDC has halved the quarantine process from 10 days to five days for everyone who contracts COVID. And, and this is the thing that I think is the big headline, because a lot of people that have been offering sober commentary say, look, it's serious. And with people that have maybe the wrong blood type, might not be vaccinated, comorbidities, this could be a big, big problem. But for most people, it's not. And we should keep society functioning. They have right in their recommendation that this is basically to keep society 
functioning, you see a change to where we could actually see this thing go from pandemic to endemic as we learn to have to live with it. Well, it, it has to happen, right? I mean, if this is, and, and by the way, the people in my family who have COVID right now, they have a bad cold. It's certainly not fun. They don't feel good. But that's in, in the case of one person who was uh, boosted not very long ago, they have literally just a sniffle. But then we have some people who are feeling worse than that. Uh, but, you know, since when, during flu season, do we tell people you can't fly, you can't go to an arena? I mean, should they stay home? Sure, because that helps uh, spread flu germs for sure. And we hope that people who have COVID will take this responsible, responsibly as well. Um, in terms of shortening the days, I give myself some credit for this because I keep tweeting about the fact that, tell me the science on cutting the days of recovery or isolation in half only for healthcare workers. <laughs> I mean, which is what they initially did. Yeah, right? that's not, that's they crazy. Said, right. So, so these are people who are going to be around sick people in hospitals, presumably, and those people can go back to work after yep. five days. But other people working, you know, like with a forklift truck or something, no, or or a truck driver, no, that doesn't make sense. They need to stay out for ten. I and mean, they're and they're saying that. <laughs> hey, listen, for five more days, wear a face mask, and then there you sure. have it. You can get back to work. It helps the employee. It helps the employers. Final minute, Liz. Are you surprised? This is MasterCard data. Are you surprised that holiday sales jumped by 8.5%? No, not at all. I mean, let let me just say very quickly why. The economy is basically very strong. What is surprising is that consumer sentiment has been so dreadful. Why is the economy strong? Obviously, massive stimulus from $5 $5 trillion in spending by the uh, federal government, huge monetary stimulus from the Federal Reserve. And guess what? There's a huge wealth effect. People have made a fortune in the stock market for two years in a row. Uh, their home prices are up in value. Savings are very high. Everything is teed up for a very good economy. The only thing lacking is the fact that we've got Joe Biden as president, which has driven down consumer sentiment. And by the way, also, uh, we have inflation, which I think has really uh, also um, dampened sentiment. But no, the economy is in very good shape. Liz, great to visit with you on The Guy Benson Show. Take good care. Thanks for having me. Take care. Pleasure. You too. Liz Peek. We'll be back. Oh, how are, how are we going to end the program talking about Lego sets? Oh, we're going to do it. This is The Guy Benson Show. Guy Benson will be right back. Welcome back to The Guy Benson Show with Christine Wyatt and Dan. My name is Harry Hurley filling in today for a guy who will be back right after the holiday. So there's a study that has found that discontinued Lego sets are a better investment than gold. This is a New York Post news item out the day after Christmas that goes into the appreciation researchers at Moscow's higher school of economics found, quote, Retired Lego sets appreciated in value 11% annually from 1987 to 2015. Now get ready. Hold your wallet tight right now on The Guy Benson Show. That is more than gold. That is more than stocks. That is more than bonds. And there have been some great years 
in between those almost, what, two decades, more than that, two and a half decades plus. That's quite remarkable, and I think it comes as a shocker to most people. I guess it's one of those supply and demand things where it's highly collectible, and it not only has retained its value, but it has continued to increase in value. Then you combine that with everything, diminishing supply and so on and so forth, that most Lego sets are discontinued after a few years. So keep. I'm not telling you to invest in discontinued Lego products, but that's pretty empirical data. 11% annual increase. Not for five minutes, not for five days, five weeks, five months, five years, but over 27 years, 28 years. It has appreciated more than gold, stocks, or bonds. On behalf of Guy Benson, on behalf of Christine Wyatt and Dan, Team Christine, I am Harry Hurley wishing you a great rest of your day on behalf of The Guy Benson Show. It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.